Let me just eliminate all of the white noise for They're you. They're counting on you not understanding what this is all about. They want to create conflict. They want to create this chaos. They want you to be stupid. This is the Conservative Daily Podcast with Joe Waltman. Yeah, I'm a threat because I'm telling you what the Constitution says. And Max McGuire. The flak is the heaviest when the bomber is right above the target about to open the bomb bay doors. And now the Conservative Daily Podcast is on the air. Friday evening. Welcome back to another edition of the Conservative Daily Podcast. My name is Max McGuire. A little bit of housekeeping. It's our first Friday evening show. Joe's not here. He got called out, had to go to another um, engagement. Guests got rescheduled. So I'm I'm going solo on the first Friday evening show. So I need all of you, everyone watching, to really pump up the energy in the comment section, hit that share button. I, Friday evenings, I anticipate, are going to be the hardest show to get an audience for in this new time slot. So you got to hit that share button, pump it, pump it, pump it up, comment, 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 like, like, like. And yeah, lemons. Let's let the lemons flow and we'll give them back as fast as DLive lets us. Lots to talk about today, but it's also technically Open Line Friday. Oh, by the way, all of our producers are gone. So we have Mr. Phil and producer Shane. Everyone in the comment section say good luck. Filling producer Shane. <laughs> everyone's like, everyone's like, I'm out. But uh, so, but we're gonna have fun. We're gonna talk about what needs to be talked about, and we're gonna take some calls. More importantly, 888-441-1121 is our number. And Mr. Filling producer Shane, if you can put that number in the description on screen, 888-441-1121. I want to start it. We already do have one caller, but before we get to him, I want to start this by playing a clip of Biden earlier today. Biden earlier today was at an event. He's not going to have any events tomorrow. Tomorrow is the 20th anniversary of 9-11. They are not going to let him speak for fear that he will say something that he actually believes. So he's not going to speak tomorrow. But they did have him out today. And I want to show you a little bit of that before we get to the calls of what happened today. Let's put this up on the screen, Mr. Boost. We're going to go to cut number two. Let's play cut two. So, Principal Richardson, you know, thank you for welcoming us here today, and Secretary Cardona, and uh, Mayor Bowser, and Chancellor Farabee. He literally you know, just wanders away. Thank you for joining away. us as well. Watch and this. for families across the country, you know, the school year, gosh, it always brings this. He just wanders away. He wanders off, off camera. He's in the middle of an event. His wife is speaking. He just wanders away. He just wanders away. But he actually did speak, and he was asked what he thought about the Republican governors who were planning to sue him over his 100 million American ma uh, vaccine mandate. And his response was, have at it. Let's play cut number three. Have at it. Look. I am so um, disappointed that uh, particularly some of uh, Republican governors have been so cavalier with the health of these kids, so cavalier with the health of their communities. How about it? Well, Mr. President, asterisk, we are going to have shit. We are going to fight tooth and nail. We're going to give everything we have to stop this because, as we mentioned yesterday on the show and earlier today, 
This is the biggest erosion of individual liberty, the biggest power grab I think we've ever seen from the president of the United States, asterisk. The claiming that he has the right to force 100 million Americans, roughly one third of, of the country, to inject something into their bodies as a precondition to allow them to just live, to allow them to have a job, earn a living, provide food for their families. So I want to take your calls. We didn't get to take a lot of calls about this. I was fired up yesterday, but I'm sure all of you are fired up. 888-441-1121 is our number. We do have a first caller. We have Charlie on the line. Charlie, welcome to the show. Well, thank you. Boy, did you get me riled up. I hadn't heard what he'd done today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. how about it? Nut out. How about it? So, nut out of so I'll say the same to you. Anything. How about it? What do you think of that order yesterday? Oh, it'd be over my dead body for me. They ain't shooting me with that crap. And I don't it, know. It gives it, a new meaning. Yeah, sorry, Pardon? go ahead. I was just going to say, it I gives a new it, meaning to live free or die. Right. Yeah, he, well, they're just, uh, the, the whole Democratic Party's trying to get, uh, get us communists. And I don't know, I think... I think the country's awfully wrong. I got your phone number here. I just going through my text, all these Vegasons, and I finally got one I could call to and say what I what I thought. Uh, yeah, I really think we ought to be looking for treason with him. They're beating around yeah, the bush nope. wanting to impeach him, but he he needs to be he needs to be taught uh, taught a lesson. I don't think he'll even yeah. remember it though. But he ought to go down to a treasonist. Well, we laid out the case yeah. for treason, pretty pretty cut and dry case, surrendering Kabul to the, to uh, the Taliban, negotiating with the Taliban, letting the Taliban control different aspects of uh, the area surrounding the airport. Very treasonous. So we we made the case for that last week on the podcast. You're absolutely right. Oh. If if the GOP had stones, they'd already be doing this. Well, none of them got them. Uh, even uh, the leadership of it, they beat around the bush. Well, they should should have started when he. Reverse the order on the on the border crossing down there. Yeah, that that should have been yeah. the, that ought to be the first one that did him on, and then we could have got rid of him. Uh, Kamala Harris, where's she been? Where is she? Yeah, no, she she she's MIA on purpose. She wants nothing to do with any of this. She, yeah. she she's quoted as saying, "You're not going to put this stuff on me," except she didn't say stuff. Um, yeah. yeah, no, she wants nothing to do with this. Yeah, she she's just a party bimbo. That's all she is. She doesn't well, know what she the is. She has on. been called she that. Just... She has been called that. That is for sure. Um, so, yeah, what do you think happens? Do you, do, you, do you think Biden gets away with this? Do you think Biden's going to get away with this executive order? Do you think the think, courts will let it stand? I hope not. Uh, he's going to get sued a lot. I don't know whether he's going to try and force it or not before he, you know, for. The lawsuits are settled. Uh, by the time they get around to the lawsuits, he'll be in la la land worse. He'll be yeah. one of those that got to have chain, chains on the locked on the doors where he, he ought to be going in a, in yeah. a mental institution. No, uh, well, uh, listen. There's nothing. There's nothing. It was not. It's not an insult. He's reached an age where it's quite clear that he is suffering from certain bits of mental decline. It's something that we all hope we live long enough that this that this becomes an issue, right? We we hope it doesn't happen to us, but You're we right. hope we live long enough that we have to we have to start keeping track of this. 
Problem is, no one's keeping track of it, and the people that are are trying to cover it up. Uh, but yeah, no, he belongs in a oh, home, not the White House. Yeah, no, he won't even he won't even talk to to us. They don't won't let him. Well, I don't I don't know. I think that you go for the treason, and then the stuff Mike Lindell done on it. I think they ought to pursue that. But they just you talk to anybody about that, and they just oh, 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 oh. yeah don't want to hear it. They, yeah. Well, the next election, well, they ain't gonna have another election. If we don't fix this now, it's only going to get worse. It really, really yeah, is. They'll be able to. They won't have to stop in the middle. They're, they'll change their analog rhythms to where it'll do it automatically. They probably already yeah. got it done for the, the twenty twenty two election. Oh yeah, no, the same forces are going to be at play then. You're absolutely right. Well, well, Charlie, thank you for the call. I, I appreciate it. Okay. Um, and and have a great weekend as great of a weekend as you can given what's going on in the country okay well you too keep up the good work oh thank you charlie thanks for the call again our number 888-441-1121 uh call in want to know what you think about this executive order you all know what i think and we're going to get into just why i think it's so very unconstitutional lots of people are saying it's unconstitutional without really going into the actual meat and potatoes of why it's unconstitutional. I'm going to talk about the Fourth Amendment. I'm going to talk about the First Amendment. I want to talk about the Tenth Amendment and lay out the case so that as you're talking to people over the weekend, which I'm sure you will encounter someone who thinks this is a great idea, you'll be armed with the legalese, the um, the theory, and the facts to debunk it. But before we get to that, I do want to play the bit from Ron DeSantis because Ron DeSantis once again. Ron DeSantis once again destroys Joe Biden. An excellent cut. DeSantis says he's not running for president. I don't know. I don't think you can you can be having these kinds of statements and be as powerful as as he is and not have any ambitions. But maybe he's a maybe he's a vice president president vice presidential candidate if Trump decides to run again. Who knows? Anyway, this is Ron DeSantis being asked what he thought about Biden calling Florida out, not by name, but pretty obviously what he was, what he was talking about. Let's play this. This is cut number four. You know, Governor, the president had a lot to say yesterday, and he didn't say your name, but obviously was referring to you. What do you have to say to him back when it came to about the mask mandates? Well, I would just say generally, when you're taking action that's unconstitutional, that threatens the jobs uh, of the people in my state, uh, many, many thousands of jobs, uh, I'm standing for them. We're going to protect their jobs against federal overreach. And this is a guy who criticizes the state of Florida for protecting parents' rights. He says school boards should be able to eliminate parents' rights and force five-year-old kids to wear masks all day. That's what he thinks is appropriate government. Yet, here he comes from Washington, D.C., instituting an unprecedented mandate, which even his own people have acknowledged in the past is not constitutional. That's not leadership. And I think the problem I have with Joe Biden more than anything, this guy doesn't take responsibility for anything. He's always trying to blame other people, blame other states. This is a guy that promised when he ran for president that he would shut down the virus. If you look now, there's 300% more cases in this country today than a year ago when we had no vaccines at all. So his policies are not working. He's doubling down on things that are gonna be very destructive for the livelihoods of many, many Americans and obviously gonna be destructive uh, to our constitutional system and the rule of law. And so these are times 
when you believe in that Constitution, uh, you got to stand up. And obviously, the substantive issue is important because there there are places that are going to toss aside people who've worked. They've worked this whole time throughout COVID. Now all of a sudden, they should be tossed aside. They were working when nobody had vaccine. You don't know their history. You don't know why they're making decisions that they're making. Many of these people have already recovered, and they have immunity. The idea that somehow uh, you have somebody that gets a Johnson and Johnson, they can work, but someone that's got natural immunity somehow can't, that natural immunity is strong. So it's not based on science. And you can say he's saying he's losing patience with people. You know, at the end of the day, we don't live um, with a one person rule in this country. We live in a constitutional system which people's rights are respected, but particularly in this juncture, their livelihoods and their jobs have to be protected. I mean, just think about, you know, what this mandate would do. It's gonna drive people out of work, out of hospitals, out of all this stuff where you have a need for people. So it's totally counterproductive and I think it'll ultimately lose in court, but be in, be before that, you know, there needs to be action taken uh, to protect the people of our state and hopefully of the entire United States. Nobody should lose their job based on this decision. Well, spot on, as always, from Ron DeSantis. And I want to pull this up just so you can see why Joe Biden freaking out about Florida is is so, it, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but you can tell why he wants to change the narrative. If we put up image five, image five, this is an image of Florida hospitalizations, a graph. And you can see that in it peaked in mid to late August. In about, yeah, around the 16th to 20th of August, that's when it was peaking in uh, hospitalizations in uh, Florida. And you can see it is now plummeting. It's, it's going not straight down, but it's going down precipitously. So Biden is trying to capitalize on a peak that was about, about 20 days ago. So he's 20 days late to the party, primarily because he was consumed by Afghanistan. You know he would have talked about this 20 days ago if he could have, but he can't. He can't, he couldn't have, because he was in the middle of his Afghanistan debacle. He's trying to talk about it now, trying to use Florida as an excuse to force the vaccine on everyone. But as you can see, like most viruses, it is a, it's a cycle. Cases peak and then cases decline. It's all about managing that peak, making sure it doesn't get too high to overrun hospitals. I mean, that's what they talked about in the beginning. And it was, it was common sense what they were asking for. The problem is they kept moving the goalpost. It went from, oh, we just need to make sure hospitals aren't overrun. Oh, we need to make sure that, uh, I mean, it went from right that two weeks to flatten the curve to now, oh, you need three shots in order to continue working. Plus however many more boosters they demand. No, it's, they've moved the goalposts so much. And and there's, it's completely understandable that no one trusts the federal government. If you were listening, we played it earlier in the first hour, earlier today, um, a supercut of Democrats saying they didn't trust the government, they didn't trust the vaccine, they didn't trust the FDA and the CDC. Um, it's pretty it's pretty incredible, the linguistic gymnastics, the hypocrisy that they're going through now. Well, we have another caller. We have Susie on the line. She wants to talk about Biden's executive order. Susie, welcome to the show. Hi, Max. How are you today? Pretty good. Um, I didn't ask Charlie, but are you drinking anything on this fine Friday evening? It doesn't take a Friday to get a drink. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am 
polishing down these yingling, which you can't see the bottle because the green screen, but yingling is finally in Texas and I love it. Um, so anyone, people, people last couple days, they've been talking about this as the happy hour show. And I figure a Friday, we might as well make it one. What did you think of Joe Biden's, uh, unconstitutional executive order yesterday? So I, I just retired from department of defense and I worked HR for many years. And my I remember daughter we, we, still I works spoke there. To you before. Yes, sir. And, uh, my daughter still works there and she's freaking out, you know, I'm going to quit my job. I, and I tried to explain to her, we have had executive orders that have come through. Trump signed many of them that were just canned. Didn't matter that it was an executive order. Didn't make it through the system. There are so many legalities that have to be um, worked out before anything can come to fruition. And the reality is his executive order changes conditions of employment for bargaining unit employees. Mm -hmm. He cannot arbitrarily do that without going through union. The union is not going to sit there and say, okay, fire them all. It's not going to happen. We were not allowed to discipline in poor performers. Union sure as hell not going to allow them to discipline somebody who didn't get the jab. So let me ask you this. HR... Your mm-hmm. HR, what, what my understanding is that it is a violation of federal law and most state laws to to bring medical history into an employment decision, as long as that medical history isn't impacting job performance. Like like you can't fire if so someone I- applies to your job and and you you can't say okay give me your medical history I want to see I want to see what preconditions you have. You can't fire someone because they're diabetic. Yeah. Right. Correct. So how does this and how does this what work? How do they get around that? He he is trying to change the conditions of employment, basically saying that in order for you to stay there, you have to get this jab, or we will discipline you for violating the order. So many disciplines, they can then let you go. However, yeah. because that was not part of their employment when they originally were hired, they can't just arbitrarily say. Hey, we're going to yeah. you know change it, and now you have to abide by the rules. It's not going to happen. And the union, the AFGE, has already said they're not. They're going to be discussing this. They've already have been putting things in place to say, chill out, people. The what they had planned for this last mandate when they had said that you were going to have to get the jab or get tested every week was they were going to allow individuals to have alternate work locations, basically continue mm-hmm. telework. Um, yeah. Which then negates the need to be in the office and exposing others. Yeah. So, yeah, there's, there's no know, legitimate, there's no, there's no legitimate business reason to, to force someone who's working hundred percent from home to get vaccinated. There's not. Correct. You can't, there's, and, it doesn't and that's exist. What I'm People are, are really um, sweating this and it's like, there are so many things that this would have to be um, negotiated. Mm-hmm. It's just not well, going let me to ask be you this part. deal because he's trying to get yeah. Let me ask you this part. Yeah. Um, you worked in HR. Obviously, you understand how dangerous it is to fire someone, write them up, discipline them because of a deeply held religious belief that they hold. You can't fire someone for asking to have Christmas Eve off 
right? You can't fire a Muslim for saying he has to pray five times a day. These are set in stone. These are, these are set in federal law. You cannot discriminate on the basis of religious belief as long as the, their religious beliefs and their religious requirements don't impact the job. Basically, if someone works at a pork, a pork processing plant, they can't just say, oh, I just, I just became a Muslim and now you have to pay me without me doing anything, right? As long as it doesn't truly impact their work, you can't discriminate on the basis of their religious belief. I've read through everything that they put out. I have yet to see a single bit about religious exemptions for this vaccine mandate, both in federal and in the federal government and as well as OSHA. Talk to me about what happens to the federal government if they start firing people who have religious objections to this vaccine. It, it wouldn't. It wouldn't hold up in court. It, it wouldn't. It would end go to arbitration, and the government cannot afford. We settled so many cases out of court because of the cost to arbitrate. They would have so many individuals filing suit against the government, which would then go for arbitration, which is costing big bucks. And I'm talking thousands and thousands and thousands yeah. per individual. Yeah. So you start doing that. You, you have 700,000 um, members of the AFGE alone. That's 700,000. Now, typically, your AFGE union members are what would be considered your blue collar versus your white collar. Mm-hmm. You know, th- that's not your management. Management is not a part of the union. They are all um, bargaining unit, non-management positions. Yeah. Those are typically more of your conservative individuals. You know, I'm not saying it's all, but it is typically yeah. heavily weighted to that. So you're going to have those individuals saying, I'm suing the government, and they have every right to because they've changed the condition of their employment. They're going to be disciplined if they don't get the jab. That, that first discipline is going to go to the union. The union is going to fight it. The union is going to win. So this is a no-win for, for Biden for what he has done. He cannot arbitrarily just say, thus say I, and it's going to happen. Not when it comes to federal employees. They have rights, and he cannot remove those by executive order. Yeah. Another challenge, so, you know, I, 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 appreciate, I appreciate you calling in because I love being able to talk to someone who is in HR in the federal government. Another challenge that you're going to see in HR situations is if a new rule is not universally applied, meaning that it applies to everyone and it's selectively enforced, you get into a lot of trouble there. And we've seen in the last 24 hours that Congress and congressional aides will not be affected. I believe that they're not applying this in the White House. And uh, my understanding is that the executive order covering federal employees will not apply to the Postal Service, though they would fall under the the OSHA bit for private um, businesses, private organizations. Is there any risk in having these carved outs? That it's not a universal thing where it's just it's a dangerous virus, everyone needs to do it. But instead, having these carve outs and saying, oh, well, we're not going to do it for the Postal Service. We're not going to do it for Congress or staff or, or certain executive branch employees. Is there any danger to them in having um, those carve outs? So it, that's a little tricky. Things do not sense as or and I shouldn't say DOD. It, de- it doesn't apply to like Department of Labor or Department of Energy. They all have different guidelines and authorities that they fall mm-hmm. under. So it depends upon the authority of the position. So like to say that the executive branch and the legislative branch 
are not held to the same standard is different because they are hired differently. Mm-hmm. So it will truly, if he's saying it's going to the Department of Defense, Department of Defense typically has certain requirements in their conditions of employment, in their hiring authorities, and how they can um, uh, terminate individuals yeah. or apply different rules and guidelines. So it's not just a one-stop shopping for all. There are mm-hmm. different rules. So, but if they were, if they were to start going in the Pentagon. If in the Pentagon they were supposed to say like anyone above this rank doesn't need it, or like in the Department of no, Energy they were, they were to it. say any 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 political <laughs> appointees who have been confirmed they don't need it, that would be where they would run into specific trouble of having um, an unequal scale and having it applied to only some and not all. Correct. If they're going to come out and say federal employees um, that are higher, that are you know typically your general schedule employees. Um, versus your wage grade employees, they're all hired differently. If they were to come out and say wage grade employees don't have to follow this, but the general schedule employees do, you're going to start running into issues because those can cross boundaries. When you start going into presidential appointments and, and those type of yeah. you know SES appointments, those are different. Mm-hmm. So it would be one thing, though, if they were to come to the command and say, Everybody who is a GS-13 and under must get the jab. If you are a GS-14 and up, you don't. Now you have issues. Yeah, they, they have issues. Um, one, one final question for you. Um, <laughs> how, 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 can I, how can I say this? Um, so obviously you have this vaccine mandate coming down. Is there any other recourse other than firing? You talk a lot about the unions, and obviously there there are federal unions. Um, and I hope the unions fight. We've seen a lot of cases that teachers' unions have caved. We saw unions as it relates to Disney World and, and Disneyland caving and starting to cave. We've seen a lot of unions cave, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me because the whole point of a union is to collectively bargain and to have the other side just add new terms away from the table seems to completely undercut the union. But is is our individual lawsuits going to be the solution? Because if each firing decision is an individual firing, short of all those people coming as a class, I just, I mean, maybe you get a judge who says, like, you fired this one, it's wrong, and everyone who was fired like him is wrong. But typically, those tend to be one-off cases. I'm trying to think. And in your experience, were there any examples of, of people who got fired for one reason and you were forced to undo other firings for a similar reason because that one person won? Um, so we had some issues where individuals were let go for a specific reason that did impact other cases, but the other cases were not reinstated necessarily. It's a matter of you take a look at the other cases and go, okay, there is other factors involved. If it was a one-on-one, it would impact it. Yeah. However, I will say this, there's been nothing like this. Yeah. So if you've got thousands of people that are going, this, this would basically be like the AFGE is going to have like a class action suit against the yeah. government. You have, you have to do it as a class. Otherwise, it's, you're not going to get the whole thing taken down. Yeah, I, and that's what I'm saying. This is definitely, you know, new ground that they're treading on, and I, I, there's no way I see them getting this through. 
ever. So my two cents worth is people who are working for the government, take a deep breath and relax. And don't Don't, quit, right? Don't quit. Let them fire you. Don't quit. That's absolutely true. And do not do anything else. Do not do anything else to get them to fire you. Make them fire you because you don't get the shot. Don't like protest. Don't badmouth your superior. Just stay quiet. And when it comes time to get it, if you don't want to get it, just don't get it and force their hand. But if you quit now or if you do anything that can force or give them an opportunity to fire you, you won't be able to fight it later on. That's exactly right. You don't even argue with your supervisor. You just, you know, put your head down, stay under the radar. And, and let it ride itself out. And if it comes down where they discipline you, then you go to the union. And, and by the way, you do not have to be a paying dues member that's to true. take advantage of the union. That's true. That, that's so relatively recent. That bargaining unit, yeah. So if you're a bargaining unit employee, if you are non-management, you can go to the union and they will represent you. So Yes. Well, well that, Susie, I appreciate the call. I appreciate the call and I'd love to have you call in as this unfolds because um, you, you have, obviously, you know, a ton about this and this is like your moment, right? This is your moment to be the <laughs> expert. <laughs> like, I, I don't know if we've ever had a mass firing like this on the horizon, but we'd love to hear from you again. Thank you so much for, uh, for lending your voice, lending your expertise. And I hope you have a great, great weekend. Susan. You too, Max. Bye-bye. Thank you. So again, our number 888-441-1121. Uh, Susie's great. She's called in a couple times, but uh, no, this is this is her time to be an expert. And Susie, if you want, um, if you want to do it, I, I suggest that you call up uh, and try and reach out to other radio shows, other maybe even like TV networks, because they're looking for someone with your expertise to talk about these kinds of issues. And uh, you obviously know your stuff, so. If, if, if this is something you're interested in, I, I highly recommend that you, uh, that you go down the path. This is your moment. <laughs> so again, 888-441-1121 is our number. Um, this is pretty crazy. This was a CNN analyst. Her name is Leanna Wen. And she's on TV yesterday talking about how domestic travel isn't a right and how she wishes that Biden would have gone further and require a vaccine to cross state lines. Let's listen to this, this is cut six. I absolutely think we should have that requirement. I think it was a major oversight on the part of the Biden administration to not issue this yesterday. And we have to talk about the reason. The reason isn't so much that we need to keep our our train travel and plane travel even safer. They are pretty safe, although I definitely think that having a vaccine requirement would make it even safer and probably encourage many people who are vaccinated or who have young kids and want to protect them. Um, Maybe it'll help to encourage those people to start traveling again. But there's an even bigger reason too, which is I think we really need to make it clear that there are privileges associated with being an American, that if you wish to have these privileges, you need to get vaccinated. Travel and having the right to travel interstate, it's not a constitutional right as far as I'm, as far as I know, to, um, to, to, uh, to board a plane. And so saying that if you want to stay unvaccinated, that's your choice. But if you want to travel, you better go get that vaccine. Dr. Wen. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. 
So technically, she's right. Technically, you do not have the right to get on a plane. But you do have the right to have freedom of movement. If we go ahead and put up my screen, I'll show you what I'm talking about. This is a Supreme Court case. There's a few of them. One of them is, is Corfield v. Coriel. And the other one, Paul v. Virginia. These are Supreme Court cases that held, Supreme Court cases that held that you have the right to travel. Now, now obviously, the federal government controls Amtrak. Federal government controls TSA. And they can set different conditions. Fine. But what we've hear, heard some people say is that they want checkpoints at, on international highways crossing state lines. That's unconstitutional. When you're, when you're traveling in a car going across state lines, whether or not you're vaccinated in that car means very little to the federal government. As we've talked about on this show, when, you talk, when you're talking about fundamental rights and the government wants to have regulations that deal with fundamental individual rights, they have to use a standard known as strict scrutiny. And that's the idea that if they're going to regulate and, and impose a burden on your most fundamental basic rights, then they need to do it. They have to have, to have a legitimate government compelling interest. And they also have to use the minimal, the minimal amount of uh, restrictions necessary to accomplish that goal, right? They can't just say, oh, you have no right to go anywhere. You have no right to travel. Now, that would be very clearly unconstitutional because it would fail the strict scrutiny standard. Ms. Producer saying that my screen is black. Let me try it again. I'll try uh, refreshing my screen right now. See if that works, Mr. Producer. It's showing it's working on my end. They might have messed with it. The other guys might have messed with it and changed the different uh, streams. That's fine. We, we don't have to use it today. But strict scrutiny, it, it's important. And when you look at Biden's executive order, it fails the strict scrutiny test. It absolutely does. The Constitution might not say that you have the right to earn a living, but the Constitution also does not give the federal government the power to stop you from earning a living in such a broad, broad stroke. So you have the right to move around. You have the right to en engage with other people. You have lots and lots and lots of rights. And Joe Biden's executive order, if you get fired as a result of not getting vaccinated in, an, in a business, it violates that right. It completely, completely violates that right. So I'm going to get into that in a second, but we have a caller. We have Carol on the line. Carol, welcome to the show. Hi, Max. How are you? Pretty good. Pretty good. Just cracked my second beer, so things are going to get a little weird. What do you want to talk about? <laughs> well, I work for a university, and I'm in the state mm -hmm. of Washington. And um, I'm four I'm, years I'm so sorry. My condolences. Thank you. <laughs> um <laughs> I'm four, four years away from retirement, so, um, you know, it's, it's a very scary situation, and what I've done is I refuse to even apply for a religious exemption because I believe that puts me into a contract with them where it gives them the control that they can just, you know, remove that exemption whenever they desire. So I wrote my are you are, my you, are you Are you Are you faculty? Are you tenured? What kind of position do you have? You no, I'm, I'm, I'm a... I'm a staff person in okay. the union. Okay. So you're a staff um, union. Yeah. Four years away from retiring. Go ahead. Okay. Keep going. Sorry. I just wanted to get those questions across. Sure. No problem. But yeah, so I just wrote my, my boss and the dean of the school and the administrator. And I, I, the deadline was today to fill out the online form to 
either get your religious exemption or contest that you've been vaccinated. And I just let them know that I'm, I will not fill out that form and that, you know, it's, it's against my conscience. You know, and I also, I, I pointed to the union and how it was nowhere in my union contract that I had to, you know, you know, get a shot in order to keep my job. And, Mm -hmm. and I just told them that was unconstitutional. And I've, I've also, is it a state university? I I don't want you to give too much away. Is it a state university or is it, is it public or is it private? It's a public state university. That's where it gets a little bit trickier. That's where you, you start to get a little bit more of these arrows in your quiver. Exactly. Yeah. So anyway, I'm going the route of common law. Where mm-hmm. I, I have, well, yeah, I sent, well, I sent is there a specific reason you, you said you're worried about the exemption? You have four years, right? So I would hate for you to lose retirement, right. lose your retirement benefits on mm-hmm. this. Is there, explain to me why you're not going the religious exemption route? Because it, it, it you don't have to lie on it, right? If, if you have a religious opposition to it, I mean, plenty of people, we did a whole episode talking about how fetal cell lines were used in the development and the research phase of these vaccines, it's very legitimate um, to have a religious exemption. Explain to me why you don't want to do your a religious exemption. Because I don't think, I don't feel that I should have to ask their permission. You know what I'm saying? That just, I mean, yeah. I don't want to be considered a, a special class that has to, you know, be asking their permission for a special exemption. Yeah. These are my constitutional God-given liberties and rights. And I am a Christian. Mm-hmm. And you're right, I could go for a religious exemption. But that puts me under their servitude, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, it it, it probably it probably could impact you. Uh, it probably would also get you closer to that retirement. Right? Obviously, you're going to do whatever you think is best. Um if if I had if I was working that long, I would do everything I can to keep my head down and get to that retirement year. Right. Um, so I, I don't, I wouldn't think of it as, as some somehow um, impure or, or dirty to do that because when you do that, you're exercising a right. I want to talk uh, um, after, after I, I talk to you about the different violations of the constitution that this new order is, is going through. But the first amendment is one of the most clear violations of the constitution. If you have a religious objection is deeply held, it's legitimate. Um, you don't have to think of it as like a conscientious objector not going to Vietnam, right? You're doing your job. You're not, it's not blocking you from doing your job. You're just telling them that they don't have the right to impose this on you because among other reasons, you re- you are religiously opposed. You don't, signing that document does not surrender your ability to have other arguments, right? Subsequent arguments. It's not like you're saying but- this is the only reason I don't want it. I just I, I would tell you to sign it if if I was going to give you advice, sign it yeah. and continue to fight those other things, because it's not saying that you don't have any other recourse or any other fights to have. But I go that route and, and I'd keep my head down as long as I could and trying to get that to re- get to that retirement age, that retirement year. That would be my advice. But I understand where yeah, you're coming well, from. Um, well, yeah, I just think that it puts me in a point of, in a place of submissiveness. And plus the governor yeah. here in. in they, he he made it so that the religious exemptions are going to be very narrow, and they can deny yeah. your religious exemption. Yeah, yeah. They can so I don't do even that. want them to have that opportunity. Yeah. yeah. Well, so what anyway, they're saying what they're horrible. saying now, 
what they're saying now is that they're saying no major religion objects to the vaccine. And they're saying, therefore, you don't have the right to have an objection. That's why they're trying to make it narrow. But just because your bishop or, or your, your clergyman or your imam or your rabbi doesn't say this is what the Torah says, this is what the, the Quran or the Bible says, doesn't mean you can't have it deeply held. So I understand where you're coming from. I'm, my position is, though, if you're going to fight for this and if this is ultimately going to end in court, you're going to have to make the same kind of declarations in a court document that you would have made on these exemption forms. Right. Fighting for your constitutional rights. So um, obviously you're going to well, do whatever, whatever you think is best. Yeah. Well, that's why I'm fighting it with common law and I'm holding yeah. the people you know, responsible as opposed to the institution. Yeah, because they, yeah. they really have no authority you know, to, to threaten us with this, you know, Especially even though they union. are, well, yeah. And they're under, granted they're under constraints from the um, governor, but still you yeah. have no right. And you need to stand up for the people and stand up for our constitutional rights, you know, of your yeah. workers as well. So, you know, they're, they're complicit in this. So we'll yeah. see what happens, you know, <laughs> yeah, well, so, well, I, I, I feel I, that. Sorry, go well, ahead. I was just going to say, Max, that I, I feel we all need to stand up for our rights right now. And we need to fight because this is getting really, really, it's getting down to the nitty gritty, isn't it? It is. It is. And we have, to, we have to fight. We have to fight in every way that we can because this is, it's not just what this means to us. I mean, I don't work at a company with 100 employees, so this doesn't personally affect me. But if they can successfully push this through. There's nothing stopping them from shifting that to 50, to 25, to 10, to 2, to 1. Exactly. Got to stop it here. Got to stop it here. Well, well yeah, my, Carol, my, I, I appreciate I the call. Think of, yeah. I'm sorry. Oh, give you, okay. I'll give you the final word. I'll give you the final word. Well, I was just, just going to say my kids think I'm crazy. And what I tell them is I'm fighting for your children so that they have the yeah. America that I had when I was growing up. Yeah. yeah. God bless no, you, Matt. Very, very Thank true. you. Well, thank you, and I, I wish you the best of luck in your fight. I, I hope that you're able to uh, to get to your retirement age. But ultimately, I, I understand that uh, there's certain things that aren't worth sacrificing, bending on, even if it means getting to retirement. Kim in the Facebook comment section said, "What is common law? Common law is generally understood as as I'm, I'm not I'm not really an expert on common law, but basically you're looking at pre-American laws. You're not looking at the Constitution." United States laws, you're looking at laws that were in the colonies or even older, like going all the way back to the Magna Carta, basic common principles that while not necessarily written down, enumerated and added into statute or the U.S. Constitution are basic fundamental building blocks of justice um, that still do hold up in court just because it isn't written in the Constitution. There are there are many things like when they decided the Heller case, um, the Heller versus D.C. for your whether you have a right to own a gun, they relied heavily on on. British common law to look at what it meant to bear arms. So common law is is not necessarily using contemporary or even American legal um, documents. It's looking at more predate uh, legal doctrine that predates America in uh, Britain in England. That's a good question. Um, so before we get to another caller, I, I've been I've been hinting this. I want to walk through. MS producer, is my screen working yet, or is it still down? Uh, it's still down, unfortunately. Okay, so that's fine. I will just read it through. and You'll have to take my word for it. You won't be able to read the different parts. So in my mind, there are three specific parts of the Constitution that 
Joe Biden's executive order demanding that 100 million Americans get vaccinated or else they lose their job. Three specific parts of the Bill of Rights in, in particular. And then the Constitution in general, we'll talk about that. So I guess four specific parts. Um, well, not merely three, because the third one talks about that fourth. Three parts. The first bit, it, it very clearly violates, as we were just talking, um, was the First Amendment. You have the right to religious freedom. The First Amendment guarantees your right to religious freedom, your freedom of expression, assembly, and your deeply held religious beliefs. And, and the amendment says specifically, and I'll quote it, Congress shall make no law respecting establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging freedom of speech, yada, yada, yada. But it's that first bit that's important here. Now, if you have a deeply held religious belief that you do not want to get this vaccine, and there's lots of reasons to do it, you don't have to be a Quaker. You don't have to be a Quaker. You don't have to be a Mennonite to say you object to modern medicine. We covered this on the show. I mentioned it with the previous caller. The idea that these vaccines, while they do not contain literally fetal cells, they were developed and tested using aborted fetal cell lines. These were abortions that were conducted overseas in many cases, like in the Netherlands. It was a Dutch abortion that they've been putting, they've been keeping in a lab and they've been regrowing the cells over and over and over again. So for 20, 30, 40 years, they've had this fetal cell line that can trace its way back to an abortion. Other, other, I don't want to get it wrong. I don't want to get fact checked, but at least one of the uh, pharmaceutical companies that have developed a vaccine, they have what they call a proprietary fetal cell line. That is an aborted baby that they say they own as property. It's sick stuff. So it was used to develop and to test these vaccines. Not, it wasn't used to develop and test all of them, but some it was used to develop, some it was used to test. But all three of these vaccines have used fetal cell lines at some point during the entire process to bring it to market. That's important. If you have a deeply held religious belief that abortion is abhorrent, you can legitimately and honestly say that you do not want to touch this thing. You don't want to touch anything that touches abortion. Now, understand that that's going to require you to make some other changes if you want to actually live that kind of lifestyle. And you might get questioned if, if this gets challenged because lots of different medications, lots of different vaccines use these fetal cell lines to test the efficacy of, of the different medications. But it's completely legitimate to say you found out about it this past year and that you really don't want to take it. It's a legitimate, legitimate critique, objection. None of the orders that Joe Biden signed, none of the orders that Joe Biden signed contain a mechanism for you to have a religious exemption, which if they do not add it would be grossly unconstitutional. So that is the first way you can fight this. That's probably the easiest way that you as an individual can fight this. But the other part of the Constitution that this violates is the Fourth Amendment. Now, the Fourth Amendment, we understand it to be that they, the government can't seize your papers, they can't go into your computer, they can't break into your home. But what people often forget, and I'll read the first bit of the Fourth Amendment, is that it's not just talking about papers and houses and effects, it's also talking about persons. So I'll read it right here. The right of the people to be secure in their persons houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures shall not be violated, and no warrant shall issue but upon probable cause supported by oath or affirmation, and particularly describing the place to be searched and the person or things to be seized. Now, the Fourth Amendment, it's been watered down over the years. But tra traditionally, the government can't just stick a needle in your arm and draw your blood. 
Now, there have been Supreme Court cases that say there's exigent circumstances where a police officer, like, let's say you are arrested for drunk driving, and then you pass out in the police car. When you are passed out, Supreme Court has said that there are special circumstances here. The police can actually draw your blood because you're passed out. They're, they're worried about your well-being. They're taking your blood to see what's going on with you. But they can't just, if you're walking around, they can't just stick a needle in your arm, take your blood, and send it off for testing. Can't do it. Because you have the right to be secure in your person. The old saying, my body is my temple, right? It's kind of what, what this is talking about. So the question is, if the government doesn't have the right to inject, to shove a needle in you and pull something out, why would they have the right to shove a needle in you and put something in? I mean, it, it seems like it's pretty obvious that they wouldn't. If you have the right to be secure in your person, that would require you to not have the government forcibly vaccinate you or to make conditions so unbearable that you have no choice but to be vaccinated. Because just because it's not Biden literally going door to door and shoving a needle in someone's arm doesn't mean it isn't violative of your right. So the Fourth Amendment comes into play here. Obviously, if you have the right to be secure in your person and that right protects you from having your blood drawn by the government, it is only reasonable to say that that would also protect you from the government injecting you with something. The third bit of the Constitution where this is very obviously it runs afoul is the 10th Amendment. The 10th Amendment reads as follows. It's very clear. The power is not delegated to the United States by the Constitution, nor prohibited by it to the states, are reserved to the states respectively or to the people. Now, said it yesterday, the United States Constitution is 4,543 pages long. I'm oh, sorry, words long, not pages. That'd be insane. Words long. None of those words put together in a clause or a statement or even a paragraph give the federal government the power to forcibly or compulsory or, or give a compulsory vaccination. You won't find it. You won't find it because it doesn't exist. The Constitution is a document of enumerated powers. We say that over and over again. But the reason it's important is we are all endowed by our creator with certain inalienable rights. Among them are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Joe Biden doesn't know those words. He can't get them out of his mouth. That is th the basis, right? You read John Locke. John Locke talks about the state of nature, the outside of government. If there was a time outside of government, which there was technically, but if there was a time outside of government, we would all be in the state of nature. It would be true anarchy, not anarchy the way the leftists see it with the little A with the circle around it. Anarchy meaning every man for himself. You have supreme power to protect yourself and to deal justice to those who harm you. And technically, you have the right to steal things from other people to better yourself. Anarchy is chaos. Having a bunch of people living in the woods, stealing from each other, killing each other, chaos. No one wants it. So John Locke writes in his second treatise on government that man comes together to form associations, communities, governments to escape that anarchy. Now, in order to form that government, everyone involved gives a little bit of their rights away. It's true. You give a little bit of your rights away as in order to be an American citizen. You would be much freer if you were living on an uncharted island somewhere in the Pacific where no one could bother you, but you wouldn't have food, you wouldn't have water, right? You wouldn't have any protections. You'd be freer, but you'd be, it'd be much more dangerous. So man gives up these rights and liberties in pursuit of safety. And the government takes those rights and, and privileges away from the people, takes those powers away from the people, but only enough, only the bare minimum necessary to provide that safety. 
so when you have here, you have this enumerated document, this constitution, it tells the government specifically what it's allowed to do. So often you hear leftists talk about the constitution in negative terms of like, oh, it's not unlimited. You don't have unlimited powers. Well, no, the government doesn't have unlimited powers. The government is constrained. Federal government is constrained by this constitution. State government, state governments are constrained by state constitutions. Towns are constrained by their town charters. If it, if the, U.S. Constitution does not give the federal government the power to do it. The federal government cannot do it. And the 10th Amendment says that any power not explicitly delegated to the federal government is reserved to the states and the people. So the question is, there, there's, only, there's only two options. Now, I'm sure all of you have gone through life. You've probably gotten vaccines at some point, probably gotten injections. You've probably gotten your, your blood drawn. One of two things are possible. Either you had the right to make that decision. You had the, the authority to decide, yes, I'm going to have that injected into my body. Or the government had the right the whole time and you were just doing it, I guess, unlawfully. I mean, because th that's how it works, right? If you have the right to decide what enters your body, with some exceptions, minimal exceptions, like if, you, if you're confined to a mental institution against your will, involuntarily confined yes they're going to inject you with things that you're not that you don't want and it's terrible it's a terrible practice but there's a special carve out in all of this for people indefinitely confined but with absent that exception you have the exclusive power to decide what you inject into your body and now it's not a free right you're not allowed to just do whatever you want right heroin's still illegal you are the person who decides whether or not heroin enters your body. And if you decide to use heroin, you have to deal with the consequences, not just the legal, but also the medical and the physiological. So you are in charge of what enters your body. What Joe Biden is claiming is that no, actually the federal government has had this power all along. He said that in his speech yesterday, that he has the power to force people to inject things into their body. So again, one of two things are true. Either you have that exclusive right to decide what you put in your body or the government has had it all along or there's the third option and joe biden is inventing he is inventing a power out of thin air it's a combination of two and three but the reality is it's one you have the right to decide what enters your body the government doesn't have that right the power the power that biden is using to enact this new executive order it's known as the Commerce Clause. The Commerce Clause is one of the most bastardized, perverted, not like perverted like sexually. It's just it's it's been perverted. It's been altered. It's it, it, it it's not it's been used in a way that it's not supposed to be used. It's one of the most bastardized, perverted parts of the Constitution. Because when you actually look at all the different federal programs, agencies, bureaus, most if not explicitly authorized by, by Congress or by the Constitution, derive their power from the Commerce Clause. And that is the right of the federal government to regulate commerce between states. So New York and New Jersey, they are two states, right? When you look at the Articles of Confederation, those two states acted more like countries where they had import duties coming into New York and New Jersey. They're trying to trade. They actually had little, little like toll booths people on the roads taxing the travelers. 
well, the Articles of Confederation didn't work. So we went to this federal constitution and the federal government said, hey, okay, you states are going to handle it, but we're going to be able to regulate commerce between the states. We're not just going to leave it up to you guys to have your own duties and tariffs. Now, the federal government, we're the ones who are going to do this. The Commerce Clause has been used to justify most of, of the federal government's policies. Like gun control, for example, derives its power from the Commerce Clause. The ability to regulate interstate commerce, the idea that even if a gun is manufactured wholly within one state, still technically another person could go to that gun store and buy it, therefore it's interstate commerce. So this new OSHA bit, they're deriving that power from the interstate, from, from the Commerce Clause. The idea that if you have 100 employees, you are more likely than the average mom and pop store to be engaged in interstate commerce. And therefore, the federal government has the authority to dictate how you engage in that commerce, namely that you all be vaccinated. Out of all of the perverted, bastardized uses of the Commerce Clause, this, what Joe Biden is doing, belongs in the pantheon of Commerce Clause abuses, without a doubt. Without a doubt. This is worse than anything we've ever seen. And when you see Joe Biden say with a straight face that, he, that this is a power he has, no, he is, he is inventing it out of thin air. Because the alternative is to suggest that you didn't always have the power to decide what goes into your body. The alternative is, is to declare that you weren't the one in charge of your body. So we do have one last caller we want to get to. We have country on the line. We want to get to you. Thank you for waiting, country. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Max. Uh, second time caller, uh, long time listener. Uh, I listen to a lot of different shows between you and a couple of others. I'm not going to name them on your show just out it's of okay. respect. It's okay. Okay, I listen to Dan Bongino and I listen to Mark K, both out of Florida. Uh, yeah. My governor is Ron DeSantis. Yeah, and he's doing a great I've job. I've been dealing with a lot of He's doing a great job. Uh, he, he's the biggest one they call out and they're finding us. Um, as I have said before on my previous call, I work for Tampa Housing Authority. And I'm not afraid to say it. I hope it's both sides I work for Tampa Housing Authority. Everybody knows me as country. I'll even give my real name. My name is Richard Carmichael. There you go. Uh, there are several Richard Carmichaels in the Tampa Bay area. <laughs> And I'm not afraid to speak out. F uh, ooh, I said the F word. Sorry. Leave it's that, all right. Leave it's that. all right. We almost made it. <laughs> uh, fire me. Fire me. Yeah. You know what? You, My company killed a lot of jobs. They're now hiring. I mean, when, when the vaccine mandate started coming down, along, the same thing that Biden wants to implement. This stupid company tried to implement it. Luckily, when I called him before, um, I was under medical. Mm -hmm. I got a medical exemption. They can't fight me. They're trying to fight me. They've even sent an ADA report out to, or paperwork out to my doctors. My doctors can't really fill it out because they're, the question they ask in the ADA questionnaire is bullshit. I mean, BS. And yeah. it, it, it's not going to fly. 
They can ask my primary. They can ask my cardiologist. They can ask my neurologist. They can ask my my hematologist. My hematologist done sent him a finger back and said, <laughs> we're still testing. You can't ask me nothing. And yeah, yeah. he's under HEPA law. Mm-hmm. I don't care what feds say. But then today I heard that on tent on my Tampa on my Fox Tampa Bay news report, I heard that they're bringing the feds in now. If you do, if you refuse to get shot. Yeah, that, that now I recently seen it. it's gonna be OSHA. Uh, well, the thing is, is OSHA already put out their report. That's changing. So the thing with OSHA is, and what I've saw with OSHA, and what I've talked to with HUD and CGI, which is a part of HUD that does their inspections, and OSHA, is they're totally limited. Yeah. It's all backwash. It's all, I mean... Come on, you guys are, are giving away our waterways. I live in Tampa Bay. I mean, you guys you guys polluted our whole bay. That was the safest bay of all. No red tide could ever come in our bay. But now so have you gotten, it's polluted. Have you gotten have you gotten word that they're gonna force you to get vaccinated? Not yet. I've filled out my reports. I've done what I have to do. I do my stupid uh, thermal check every day with that stupid mm-hmm. thing. That, I mean, I, I use a better one for my HVAC, but the one they got, is, it's retarded. Dude, I damn near have to stick it to my forehead. Who wants to <laughs> stick another thermometer to their forehead if I have something? What? You know, I mean, it, it beats I rectal. Don't, and it, they it beats want me to wear a, They want me to wear. Excuse me. And it beats a rectal thermometer. That's it's for a, sure. Ah, uh, dude, they <laughs> can really shove that up their bum. <laughs> but as far as <laughs> as far, I mean, I mean, my AC thermometer is a lot better. I got three AC thermometers. Laser thermometers that are more accurate than the shit they got. Because every day it reads 98.1 or 98.2. Yeah. Every day. And I keep it a thumb width away. That's their their thing, which is half an inch away from my forehead. And I use mine, which you hold almost arm length away. And I actually get different readings. So, so let me ask Which you, because we're, 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 we're up against the, the break, and I want to make sure we got you on because I, I didn't want to leave you hanging. What do you think yeah, I know you is going to happen? What, what do you think is going to happen with Biden? Do you think, he, do you think he's going to be able to come into Texas? Basically, there's a game of chicken happening right now. DeSantis is saying, don't you dare. Biden's saying he's coming in. And Biden's saying if, if DeSantis wants to stop him, he can have at it. What do you think is going to happen? Do you think DeSantis is going to win this one and stop these vaccine mandates in Florida? Yes, I do. I think he's taking it to the. I think I think he's taking it actually to the Supreme Court. 
uh, with the lawyer or the judge that's on right now and the the ADA that's on right now, he's going to shut the ADA down. And with that judge that keeps backlashing, who is, uh, excuse my language, but a a sea guzzler to (laughs) to Biden, uh, I think he, I think, I think they're going to get shut down. I think he's going to take it all the way to Supreme, and it's it's going to go all the way. And then, I mean, it's gonna it's gonna be a big backlash. There's gonna be a big proclamation that's gonna come across Florida, and then yeah. all these Northerners and all these wannabe Fauci's and all these you know Karens and all this BS that's down here, they're gonna get ran the f out. Yeah, and it's are. gonna happen. And it's gonna happen big. And it's gonna it's gonna straighten up our state because you know uh, when so. it comes to when it comes to our our queer lesbian mayor here that used to be a cop who ran our best cop, our best chief out of Tampa and and yeah. I mean, she's even ruining our our chef, who is actually a Democrat. She's ruining him, and he's pissed. Yeah. And and yeah. then we get and then we got Grady Judd. He's a he's a Republican, and I lived under his rule for quite a while over in Polk County. She's 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 ruined everything, and she's she's getting a lot of people pissed off with her she little is. queer shit and her. Flagrancy and all this crap—it's yeah. Even the NFL is pissed off right now. Well, I'll tell you, I don't know specifically what you're talking about, but you're saying it really passionately, so I believe you. <laughs> I don't. I'm not. I'm not no, in that area I of Florida. I will tell you this. <laughs> I will tell you this. I will tell you this. Look up. Look up. Look up. Champa Bay. Mm-hmm. And I say that instead of Tampa Bay. Champa Bay, you look it up, yeah. and you go in there and you check out what this stupid mayor we have. And I know where she lives, but oh, I'm is not it, isn't she? Isn't she the one? Isn't she the one who wanted? Isn't she the one who wanted to find people at the Super Bowl and then who weren't wearing masks? Yes. And she yes. wasn't wearing masks. I, yes. remember, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hypocrite. Yes, there's a lot going on with her. There's a lot going on with her. There's a lot of stuff. There's she ruined the neighborhood I grew up in in Seminole Heights. She yeah. ruined that neighborhood. I mean, yeah. straight up ruined the neighborhood. Well, well country, then, listen, we, we got we got we got to run. On, we got to run because we're way over time. But I wanted to I wanted to give you a chance. Come on, because I know you were waiting for a long time. Um. Check but out we, we, the we, Bucks NFL, and and check out what she's trying to force everybody to do, and just just check out Tampa Bay all period right. All right, on well, all the Tampa crap Bay. and Tampa Bay. Yes. Yes. All right. Well, well, country, we we gotta let you go, but thank you so much for calling, and I hope you have a great night and a great weekend. And he's off. Yeah, no, he's very passionate about local stuff in, in Champa Bay, as he calls it. I don't know a whole lot, but I do know that his mayor's is woohoo, a little cuckoo. Um, right before we wrap up, 
mentioning tomorrow is obviously the 20th anniversary of 9-11. Um, we won't be on the air. Um, it's, it's a Saturday. But um, it's something that definitely weighs on all of our hearts this year, especially given what Joe Biden has done in Afghanistan. Um, Joe Biden will not be at any of the events tomorrow. This The sitting president, asterisk, will not attend any of the public events, at least right now. Maybe they change it. Um, will not attend any of the public events for the 20th anniversary of 9-11. That's shameful. Obviously, I'm glad he's not. I'm glad he's not because I'd probably puke if I heard him say it. But the fact that he's going to hide, he's going to claim victory in Afghanistan. They just said they, they don't still don't know how many Americans are left behind. And evacuations from the Pentagon, the State Department have ended. I don't know what's worse, if he would have actually opened his mouth tomorrow or the fact that he's going to hide. But it's very, it's very clear we don't have a leader in the White House. We don't have someone that American troops and the world can count on. And the sooner he is gone, the better for all of us. That's going to be it for this edition of the podcast. If you like the podcast, make sure you download all and subscribe wherever you get audio podcasts. It's very important. Even if you watch us live, we get to prove our numbers to our advertisers through our audio downloads. So you can do that on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Podbean, all links in the description. And if you have an iPhone, iPad, MacBook, please give us a five-star review. Help us rise in the rankings. We just broke back into the top 90-some-odd podcasts. We used to be number six before they started throttling us. So help us get back there. Subscribe, 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 and give us that five-star review. Have a great weekend, everyone. If you haven't already started drinking, cheers to you. We'll see you on Monday. Remember, my name is Max McGuire. Remember that the fight to take back our country, you look around it, it sure as hell isn't over yet. But the only way we win is if we all stand up and fight together. Have a great weekend.